0: I'm Josh Hammer. Welcome back to America on Trial, your brand new daily podcast covering all of the news of the day and the 2024 presidential election from a uniquely legal perspective. It's busy out there, so let's waste no time. Let's go around the horn. We are still following and tracking the political fallout, the lingering effects of special counsel Robert Hur's report, which he released last week pertaining to Joe Biden's own and much lesser discussed classified documents retention scandal. At the time, of course, if you go back and think, and this is over a year ago now, it was January 2023 when most of these revelations came to light, that Joe Biden, following his time as Barack Obama's henchman, following his time as the vice president, in actually, going back even further, frankly, going back to somewhat of his time as U.S. senator from Delaware, he had taken home a number of classified documents to both his home in Wilmington, Delaware, which, oh, by the way, was frequented and at times inhabited by his addle-brained prodigal son, Hunter, as well as the documents showing up in the Chinese Communist Party-funded Penn-Biden Center for Diplomacy there in Washington, D.C. In any event, Robert Hur's special counsel report that came out last week, was was really damning. As we discussed on this show, they basically said that the main reason that they were not recommending to currently press charges against Joe Biden was his longstanding and constitutionally correct, in my judgment, DOJ policy against indicting, against prosecuting an active sitting president of the United States. But, but, and it's a big but, A second corroborating reason to justify and support not prosecuting Joe Biden was the fact that he's totally out to lunch, that the dude literally does not have the relevant mental state, what lawyers refer to as mens rea, of so-called willfulness. And to cut through the legalese for a second, the reason that Robert Herb puts this in the report, as he makes painstakingly clear with his anecdotes about Bo Biden and how Joe Biden did not remember when Bo Biden died, did not even remember when his time as vice president of the United States was awful, awful, painful stuff. I mean, anyone who's ever had an, an elderly relative, a grandparent, a great uncle, an aunt or so forth, who who has gone through dementia and senility, it's not fun. But it's all there in painstaking detail. But that is the second reason that Robert Herr says that he is not going to recommend pressing charges in addition to that longstanding DOJ policy because a a jury would not be able to find the relevant mental state of intentionality and willfulness, again, what lawyers refer to as mens rea, on the part of Joe Biden there. Now, the big stink for the better part of a week now from liberal media, from the Democrat media complex, as Andrew Breitbart so artfully referred to it as, has been, oh man, Robert Herr is a deep state MAGA Republican plant. And the reason for this is simple. Robert Herr clerked for... Chief Justice William Rehnquist, one of the great conservative jurists of the past half century. He is, by all accounts, a registered Republican, someone whose personal politics may be right of center. So there's two things to say about that. One is that Merrick Garland appointed Robert Herr. So whatever your objections may be to the report, and I would hazard a guess that your objections to this report have nothing to do with the actual substantive allegations in the report. Rather, if you are so upset about what was said in this report and you are probably a loyal MSNBC viewer or something like that, your actual issue is that Robert Hur is just saying the quiet part out loud. Forever now, for a long time, Democratic Party elites have been sounding the alarm increasingly publicly about Joe Biden's mental and physical condition. You've had any number of prominent progressive columnists, folks like Michelle Goldberg at the New York Times, Politico has had any number of stories, CNN, Robert Ignatius at the Washington Post, certainly, who have not so subtly called for Joe Biden to not run for for re-election. So... Some people have been out loud about it, but a lot of people have been just trying to keep it quiet. So if you're so upset, it's probably because he's saying the quiet part out loud, but your objection should not be to Robert Hur; It should be to Merrick Garland. Again, Merrick Garland appointed Robert Hur. Now, many of us at the time that he did that thought that that was a somewhat curious decision. After all... If you are a Democratic attorney general, why would you appoint a special counsel of the opposite political party to investigate your president of the United States? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, as a conservative, as someone who wants to see see Joe Biden lose the election this fall, I was not particularly complaining about it. But if my shoe were on the other foot, if I were a liberal or a Democrat, God forbid, I, I would have been pretty upset about that. But at the time, there was no one really sounding the alarm, frankly, about that in particular. The other thing, and, and this is an even more important point, I think, Robert Hur's special counsel report was, according to DOJ regulations, going to be a confidential report. Now, immediately, as we know, this thing circulated like wildfire. You can Google it. You can find it in two seconds. So why did it get out there publicly if it was a confidential report? The reason is because Merrick Garland released it. The Attorney General of the United States publicly released this report. Joe Biden's own Attorney General released it. Robert Hur did not do that. He did not have the authority to do that. The reason that Merrick Garland released it, I mean, you could ask him. Maybe he owes the country a press conference. But presumably, he agreed that the country deserved to see the rationale for not pursuing indictments. I mean, you'd have to ask him. But all this frustration with Robert Heard's special counsel investigation is just totally misplaced in my judgment for any number of reasons there. What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not non-partisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are. And it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's gonna get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day, and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by faith anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by faith. Thing on around the horn, we're still awaiting this verdict from Justice Arthur and Goron in New York City when it comes to Attorney General Tish James's fraud investigation against the Trump Organization. We've covered it in depth on the show. That ruling should come any day now, possibly as soon as this Friday probably next week at the latest, but it definitely could come as soon as this Friday. When it comes to Washington, D.C. and the D.C. Circuit prosecution there, the Jack Smith federal probe, Donald Trump's lawyers, as we covered on the show, formally sought a stay at the Supreme Court on Monday evening, as we thought they would. When it comes to the three-judge D.C. Circuit panel's decision that would deny him sweeping presidential immunity, that would have the effect of precluding the entire racketeering criminal conspiracy federal probe there from Jack Smith and the supreme court has now given Jack Smith himself a week to respond to the Trump lawyers 39 page filing at the supreme court on Monday that would formally request a stay so they will have to get their response in by Monday February 19th we will of course be all over that on this program at the time that they file it i i do predict that they are going to go ahead and issue a stay the the only question is whether they leave it at that, leave it at a stay, which would then allow the Trump lawyers to pursue a rehearing before the full on banc D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, the full 11 judges, or or whether the Supreme Court would turn this application for a stay and then just turn it into a petition for a writ of cert and then to just hear the thing on the actual substantive constitutional merits. That really is the only relevant question we will see at some point after and i predict that they're going to make that decision fairly quickly but it's going to have to wait at a bare minimum until after the lawyers on the other side jack smith and his merry band of lawfare adult leftist lawyers it's going to have going to have to wait at least until those guys file their response to the trump lawyers petition for the stay we're going we're going to cover that again after it happens coming up on monday february 19th. Now, moving to our deep dive of the day, we're, we're getting ready now for this huge hearing in Fulton County, Georgia tomorrow morning. This has been a while in the making now. We've teased it a lot on this show. This hearing is going to be tomorrow morning, probably right around the time that our episode tomorrow morning is released, so we probably won't be able to cover it exactly on the show tomorrow. We'll cover it on Friday morning on the latest there. It's going to begin at around 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is going to be an evidentiary hearing in front of the presiding judge in Fulton County, Georgia, Judge Scott McAfee. It is a hearing that is a result of Trump co-defendant Michael Roman's motion to dismiss this indictment and to disqualify the district attorney in the case, Fonnie Willis, as well as her special prosecutor, Nathan Wade. And the reasons for this are multifold. To start with, we now know, it is not just an allegation, but we actually know for sure that Fonnie Willis and Nathan Wade have been romantically involved. The only relevant question is is whether Fonnie Willis has openly lied about the timeline, about the timeline for that romantic involvement, but she has copped to it in formal court filings. We know that she and her illicit lover have indeed been intimately involved, and According to Judge McAfee, who ruled two days ago on Monday, he formally ruled to allow this evidentiary hearing on Thursday, tomorrow, to proceed. He, he said that, that there is what lawyers would refer to as prima facie. There is preliminary at face value evidence that there is a potential glaring conflict of interest here when it comes to, to Fonnie Willis and Nathan Wade, this, this tag team duo from hell, if you will. But it's actually worse than that. It's actually a heck of a lot worse than that. To me, the, the Hollywood love affair scandal aspect of this is actually not even one of the more damning parts of what is, ha- what is currently going on there in Georgia. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's quite bad, and it reflects extraordinarily poorly on both of the actors involved, Fonnie Wills and Nathan Wade. But y- you additionally have the, the allegations, and increasingly not just smoke, but it's looking quite fiery as well. It's not just smoke. It increasingly really does look like it's going to be fire. You you have the idea that the Georgia DA's office has been in collusive coronation with other actors, namely the Biden administration and the Joe Biden White House Counsel's Office, when it comes to how to lead this case. There have been White House visitors logs that Congressman Jason Smith, the chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee... He has discussed how he has seen the White House visitors' logs that show Fonnie Willis being a frequent guest in the Biden White House over the past year and a half, two years or so, basically ever since she launched this investigation. And then that raises the obvious question, what, what exactly are they meaning about to discuss? Well, what is it? I mean, presumably, I mean, it doesn't really take a, a genius, a PhD in nuclear physics, or whatever to figure this out. Presumably, Fonnie Willis is meeting with folks in the White House Counsel's office, is meeting with folks perhaps in the Department of Justice headquarters there in Washington, D.C., to discuss the timing and possible evidence and possible trial procedure and all of the other various facets that go into this prosecution with the folks who are either in Special Counsel Jack Smith's office or at least adjacent to it. It's important to recall here that when you're talking about the special counsel in in, in D.C., Jack Smith, that a special counsel is not an independent counsel. An independent counsel under the old independent counsel statute was actually purportedly independent of the actual hierarchy of the chain of command within the Department of Justice. The old independent counsel from 30, 40, 50 years ago was actually outside of direct accountability from his superiors, from the attorney general, and ultimately the president of the United States. That reached the Supreme Court in a case in the late 1980s called Morrison versus Olson, where the then young and now the late great Justice Anthony Scalia issued a blistering solo dissent, which held up over time and has now been recognized as correct by virtually everyone in the legal academy, despite the fact that he was issuing a solo opinion out on a limb back in the 80s. He, he held that the independent council was unconstitutional for the reason that I just said, that it was outside of the chain of command, it was outside of the scope of the so-called executive power of which Article II of the Constitution speaks. And the, the famous line from Scalia's dissent in Olsen, by the way, was, this wolf comes as a wolf. It, it, it was a very chilling line, and again, it really has stood the test of time. I say all that simply to make the point that when we talk about Jack Smith right now as Merrick Garland's special counsel, he is not an independent counsel. He is not outside of the chain of command. Jack Smith, much like Robert Herr, who we were discussing earlier in the show, Jack Smith and Robert Herr are both special counsels operating under the ambit, under the jurisdiction of the Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland. For purposes of Fonnie Willis and what Congressman Smith says are these damning White House visitor's logs that show that Bonnie Wallace has been in and out of the White House, perhaps the DOJ and other places there in Washington, D.C. What that means is it does allow, it does allow for the much easier ability to collude on this level, and to try to share evidence, or to share timelines, or to coordinate strategy more generally, to coordinate when it comes to this sprawling Get Trump strategy that is clearly percolating, everyone from Tish James, the Attorney General of New York, to Alvin Bragg, the Soros-funded prosecutor in New York County, New York, Manhattan, to Jack Smith himself, to Fonnie Willis. All of these folks are very clearly operating on a mentality of Get Trump, and the fact That Jack Smith, who is the head of the snake, so to speak, when it comes to this lawfare apparatus that is unfolding before our eyes in this 2024 election cycle, the fact that he is not an independent counsel, but a special counsel, constitutionally and legally speaking, makes a heck of a lot of difference. And I do fear definitely raises the possibility that there is some serious, serious collusion and conflict of interest with Fonnie Willis and her Fulton County, Georgia DA's office. That was the point I wanted to make there with that distinction between the independent and special counsel. In any event, we will be tuning in tomorrow morning to this evidentiary hearing in Fulton County, Georgia, in the courtroom of Judge Scott McAfee. I would highly encourage all of you to do the same. And we can't wait to come right back here to America on Trial to unpack it all for you. Go ahead and please subscribe to the show if you are not already doing so. Give us that five-star review. Tell us how we're doing in the comment section. We can't wait to hear from you. We will be back with more America on Trial tomorrow.